0: You are listening to a Victoria Labang podcast. Jesus exemplified loving others. Learn more on this message by Pastor John Del Rosario. Alright, authentic. Is our series. This is week two of four weeks of uh, of great word exposition from the book of Romans. Let me start off. uh, If if you are if you were not here last week, I'll I'll give you seven pictures to just briefly uh, give us a summary of what we discussed last week. But first, a handle on why this series. The book of Romans is a 16 chapter book by the Apostle Paul. It's his systematic theology, his best work, arguably, and it's it's divided. Into two portions. The first portion is where he lays down the, the gospel in full. Chapters one till eleven is the gospel, the full gospel. Chapters one till three is the bad news, and it's terrible. The good news won't be any good if the bad news isn't terrible, and it is very, very bad. Then, when he lays down chapters four till eleven, he lays out the good news and its implications, okay? the practical applications. However, starts with chapter twelve, and you all know the very first word of chapter twelve. You say, "Therefore." So when you see the word therefore in Scripture, you need to ask yourself, why is it therefore? Right? And he actually continues with this idea, in view of God's mercy in the NIV, in view of the bad news and the good news, this is how we are to respond. This is how the, a watching world will expect of us because we're Christians. So we are camping on the last four or five chapters of Romans to see how it is for us to be truly Christian It would be so easy to spot a Christian here in this place. But let me submit to you, this place is the easiest, easiest place to pretend. It's easy. Don't tell me it can't be done. I've done it for the first few years of my life and I was good at it. It's just by the glory of God, the grace of God, that I stand before you a redeemed sinner. So let me tell you um, what... Uh, how how easy it is. It would be so easy to to lift up your hands and cry and worship, singing and worship, singing with one voice that God is good, God is great is a very important thing that we get to do as Christians. But we can do that and nobody will ever know what you do in your private time, what you surfed on the internet last night. How is it to really be authentic? It's so easy for us to say, to to learn the language of Christian. Christianese becomes our first language. English, Tagalog, second language. Christianese. How are you? Anointed. How's the food? Uh, Blessed. Something. Really? Truly, truly, I tell you. It's it's become, it's cringe-worthy. Pitch perfect too is so good. Amen. Right? And you tickle this person and you say, Hallelujah, brother! Christianese it is. You can easily learn Christian is, and people would mistake you for a Christian. I don't mean to demean anybody. I'm just saying that what the, the second half of Romans is saying is that you, there are ways by which people, a watching world, can see and check if you truly are who you claim to be, a follower of Jesus. Are you authentic? Or if not, this is how you are to know that you're authentic. One of these ways we discussed last week Last week, we talked about submission to authority. Authentic. There are many stuff like authentic, you wear it for a a long time and nothing happens. It just starts to shrink over a long period of time. And if you are able to have a a real um, conversation, a real friendship with someone, it it might not show in the next few weeks, maybe in the next few months, when you get talking about the government. When you get talking about um, what, what happened uh, with, with the government and some public official doing this in, in, in a particular issue, you will see if this person really honors authority, if this person really submits to authority. Sadly, there are people who call themselves believers or Christians who use social media to rant against the government, not lifting it up, tearing it down. That is unbecoming improper for God's people. So. Submitting to authority. The premise in Romans 13 verses 1 to 7 is all authority, say all, all authority, all governing authority had been appointed, anointed by God for His purposes. Even the unchristian ones, even the unchristian ones, even the people who aren't uh, behaving in a way that is honorable, becoming of their position as civil servants. Think of Pharaoh and Cyrus and Nebuchadnezzar and Pontius Pilate and Judas Iscariot. All of them had been raised up by God for his purposes, accomplished his will for their lives, and then he, te- he, he brings them down because of their sin to say that he is the one true God. Everything is under God's control. And every dictator, every tyrant, every person in authority is just like this um, turtle on a pole. How do you think he got there? He couldn't have climbed regardless of his claims. Some emperors in, in, in Rome, in Roman history would say, look at what I have done, you need to worship me as God. Really? You're a turtle on a pole. Somebody needed to put you there, and this is exactly what the Word of God is saying. So anybody who's anybody, you might be thinking of of the Hitler's and the Mussolini's and the Muammar Gaddafi's and the Saddam Hussein's, it's just a matter of time. They have a purpose to accomplish before God says, I am still God. I never relinquish control. And not to demean anybody by calling them this, but they're dogs on a leash. They're not able to do anything that they want to do outside of God's control. It's because of God's sovereignty, because God is God. He allows for them to do these things, to accomplish these things. I guarantee you, this will never happen. It will never happen that the dog will run away outside of God's permission. Because Jesus is the ruler of all, He's the king of all. The picture that we as citizens of the Philippines really need to have is the picture Isaiah was given, Isaiah 6, the Lord is high and lifted up. Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father, ruling, reigning as Lord God, Christ and king over all, He reigns. And everything else, there's a limit to what tyrants can do. There's a limit to what evil can do because Jesus reigns. The minute that we terminate our perspective on someone who sits at the highest position in the land, like in Malacanang, then trouble starts. We need to look past that, look at Jesus reigning. These pictures are to summarize what we we spoke about last week. But we do this for a purpose. We do this because what we discussed last week will feed into what we are going to be discussing this week. Proverbs twenty-one verse one says, "The hearts of kings are like water in the hands of God. He directs it wherever wherever He pleases." This is the sovereignty of God. He holds the hearts of kings in His hand. We have a sovereign God, Amen. He is sovereign, and He demands three things. One is obedience. Because God is sovereign, because we want to honor God, we honor the people whom he put in authority. The government officials are agents for his purposes, to protect the righteous from the wrongdoers. That's why we obey authority and honoring of God. If you do not obey God's agent, you will be the target of government. You don't want to be a target. So Romans 13 verse 1 says, you be subject. You be subject, not target. We obey. Next, we honor. Can you say honor? honor? We honor. Hey, You see it in, in Texas, texts for, forwarding, uh, just putting down the government, slandering the government. If, if you're honest, we're really just regurgitating something that anybody with, with a less than patriotic heart is, is starting. And we're, we as Christians, we should be the last people to promulgate this. We need to honor Rather than put down, we need to honor, we need to bless. Instead of ranting and engaging in rhetoric on the internet, we need to stop that, we need to, we need to put a stop to that and say, you know what, we need to honor. There's, there's nothing that that will do. We need to speak a blessing over the people who are in the best position to, to steer this, the public policy and the culture of this, of this nation. We need to repent of these things. We need to honor, and when you honor, you you're really identifying and calling out the potential and speaking a blessing rather than tearing down. The next thing we need to do is probably one of the most powerful things that we can do. We are in a culture that says, pag pray na lang natin yan." I've done all that I can. Pag pray na lang natin, pagpasajos na natin. Hindi we turn that on its head. We can pray. Can you say pray? pray? Praying is one of the most powerful things that we can do. So we obey the law. We honor and bless, then we pray. We pray that God would guide them, shape them, mold them to be the people that he would want them to be in this time, in this season in the Philippines. We are called to be good citizens, good citizens of this nation. Now that was a recap of what we, are, we have been called. And that is as practical as, as one will need in this day and age. But what we are going to do is to follow the, the, the Apostle Paul who wrote Romans, his, his, his train of thought, into leading us to the second part of Romans 13. He shifts it, narrowing the scope. From last week, we spoke about the nation. Now we're going to be talking about civic things, public things, smaller things. We talked about the country, it's becoming smaller. The barangay, the village, your neighborhood. Okay? This is just as practical as last week. But this is where rubber meets the road. This is how people can tell, and even you can tell, if God is really transforming grace in your heart, making it available uh, in your life. So week two, we're going to be talking about loving your neighbors. Could I ask you to stand on your feet in reverence for the Word of God? We're going to be reading two verses. We'll start with the last verse from last week's passage, and we'll start with the first verse of this week's passage. Romans 13, verses 7 and 8. Let me read it for you. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love each other. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are powerful enough to by your spirit speak through weak human words like mine today. Would you speak to your people like only you can. Holy Spirit, would you give us minds to understand and hearts to receive so that we may live lives worthy of your gospel that would work for our benefit, the encouragement of your city, and for your glory. We commit this time to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats. Allow me to drive into the very first point. I have three points for us today. From the passages that we're going to be reading, I have gotten three points, two of which are the things that Christians are to do, and the last one is something that Christians are not to do. So two things we are to do. One thing that we are not to do. From this context, chapters, uh, chapter 13, verses 7 from last week and verse 8 this week. This is basically what, what it says. Christians are to live as an active part. Can you say active part? Active part. You can't just say you're part of society. You, you can get philosophical about it. Hey, I'm part of society. I'm breathing. I'm living with people. You're not having anything to do with them. That's a problem. Christians are to live as active part of society. Can we look back at the the two verses? First verse, verse 7, pay to all what is owed. The context of it in the first six verses preceding it is talking about our responsibility to the state, to the government. It's talking about taxes and respect and bestowing honor. We need to do that. Revenue, it also gives a clue that all financial obligations need to be paid in its due date. As Christians, we are to... To deliver these. Verse 8 seamlessly shifts to this particular narrowing of the scope. Verse 8, it generally says, pay everyone what we owe. So it was talking about the state, now it's talking about the citizenry. Pay anybody, everybody, the whole body of neighbors, all of the citizens that we live with. Owe no one anything except to love each other, there's a clue. Love each other talks about society Talks about not just the nation But the community The immediate community around us So not only are we called to be good citizens We are called to be good citizens The Next thing that we're called to do Is to be part of society An active part of society It is not enough for us To just obey the laws of the nation We are also called to participate In the public life of the nation Are are you following me? Tracking with me? The usual Christian tendency... I mean, you don't have to teach anybody um, this. A new Christian who likes what he's saying gets generally, generally transformed. He likes what he sees. He, he, he shows some commitment to attending services and attending victory groups. Here's, if you don't teach a Christian this, this is most likely something that will happen. He will have less and less to do with non-Christian friends, unbelieving friends, and more and more to do with believing friends. Until he has, he has nothing else but believing friends. Unchecked, this is what happens. It definitely happened in my life, and I think I, I honestly think this could happen in most anybody's life. And it's really something that we just need somebody to father us through it. I really, really enjoy spending time with Christians. I work in an office where, the last that I checked, all of them are Christians. <laughs> I mean, we 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 share we share the same passion the same passion for the word love for Jesus devotion to God. We you, you might like your friends who who are in the same barkada as you because you're passionate about planet shakers and Hillsong or, or the same thing you share the same language amen you share ang ganda ng ultron amen kayo and you have the same distaste for bad words you have the same dislike for smoke. I mean, it, it has benefits. Hebrews 10, verse 25 says, Let us not give up meeting one another. Encourage one another. There is a time and place for that. But it also causes us to be in the world, despite us not being of the world. We have a purpose. If unbelieving tetrarchs, or unbelieving uh, heads of state have a purpose from God, Christians saved by the blood of Jesus, we have a purpose. In this world as well. One of the things that I really, really liked as subjects growing up is geography. Geography. Eh? Uh, I'm not familiar with, I don't know if you're familiar with the country Lesotho. Have you heard of Lesotho? Okay, Lesotho. It's, not, it's a real country. I didn't make this up. It's not from J.R.R. Tolkien. It's not from Lord of the Rings. It is a real country. And it, what's interesting about this country is where it's situated. It's not situated in the middle of the sea. It's the opposite, in fact. It's situated right in the middle of land. It's landlocked, but it's also an enclave. An enclave, it's it's surrounded by another country, one country. It sits inside South Africa, okay? On your right is the African continent. South Africa is a nation in, in Africa, and that dot is Lesotho. On your right is South Africa. And could you imagine living in a state, you have borders, in all of the borders, when you cross that border, you're in South Africa. Now, I, I need to say this disclaimer. We have nothing against Lesotho or South Africa. Just, I think it just makes a, a really good um, illustration for this context. We have a church in, in uh, every nation, Johannesburg, and I can assure you that we have efforts of reaching Lesotho with 10 mission missions trip, wanting to establish churches there. But you're probably knowing where I'm going with this. Christians, if unchecked, unmarked, will tend to be like this, okay? In in history, you could check this in Wikipedia. I just read it from there, Um, There had been hostility with the government of the South African government and the government of Lesotho from the 90s and up till now, to some degree, that that, uh, hostility exists. What had been laid down is us versus you. If unchecked, this is our propensity as Christians, new Christians, well-meaning, but it's insidious. Insidious. You think it's good for you, but it's really not. You think you're doing well, surrounding yourselves Christians. You need to do this in a particular context. But if they're all that you you have anything to do with, there's a problem there. There's exclusivity. There's you are a clique. There's hostility between you and the world. Now, we Matthew five says we need to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. In a sense, we are called to be a city within a city. And there's a context for that. But we are also to to be called a city in a city, interspersed in the city, having much to do with community and society. We are called to care for our community. Not to close our eyes to the wickedness inherent to culture, but we are to seek the prosperity and, and the peace of the city together with community, believers or not. We, we, as Christians, are to be gloriously positive towards community. I mean, not celebrating sin, not tolerating it, participating in it, but not to be indifferent to it as well. It's a tricky position, but we are called to this position. Are your hands designed by God to do the good works He's prepared for you to do? Are your hands there? Are you caring for, for your community with unbelieving friends? As a Christian, from Scripture, I am contending that we need to have our hands there. We need to, 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 to make time in our lives, in our budget, to be actively involved in community. Jeremiah 29, verse 7, it says, Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, in its peace and prosperity, you will find your welfare, your peace, your prosperity. The, the context here is because of idolatry, because of spiritual adultery. God had allowed Nebuchadnezzar to invade Israel, lay siege, and plunder it, and to take the best of the best, the cream of the crop like Daniel, bring it to, to Babylon in Mesopotamia. One of these people is Jeremiah. And what the people did in Babylon is exactly what we painted, the picture that we painted that Christians have the tendency to do. They formed ghettos, It's just them not having anything to do. You know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. We will have nothing to do with what they're eating because that had been served and sacrificed to idols. On one end, that is good. On the other end, we can take it to an extreme and just be uh, uh, an exclusive ghetto of Christians. This is God's command to address that. You are not called to do that. You are to build houses there. You are to build relationships there. You are to take of their produce. You are to seek the welfare, work with them, pray with them. Because in that particular time that I have, I have uh, designed it to be in this season, you will be blessed if they will be blessed. You, you might be saying, um, I'm involved in advancing the gospel, I give my tithes and offerings. My tithes are there to advance the gospel in my city. Surely I'm doing my part. If you're giving generously to the church, you are doing something that is marked, marked by God of a Christian. And we thank you for that. We believe that God will, will, will bless you. But you are falling short of the mark for God is saying you need to be making disciples yourselves to make, to make the, the gap a, a lot bigger. You might be saying, I'm supporting missionaries. Missionaries are making disciples of all nations. Of all nations, huh? Matthew 28, surely I am doing my part. I mean, if you're giving mission, if you are, if you are giving to this work to send people who are called to this work, that's great. We can either go, we can send, we can pray. Do, do that, but it doesn't exempt us from doing this, making disciples where we are. We are called to be global Christians, faithful where we are, but with our eyes to the world. This drives us to pay attention to the news, to be prayerful. What is your stand about Boko Haram? And it it challenges you to think through because these are burdens of living in a fallen world. We are not to be indifferent, we are to be engaged about what is happening locally and internationally. We are global Christians. We are called to be part of community. Too many Christians lambast and slander the government. And they do not engage the people around them. When we have been called to lead by example, we need to honor them, we need to respect people in authority, we need to pray for them and bless them, the leaders who are running our nation. And how can you influence other people with, it, with this platform of influence that God has given you if you do not live and engage with society? You see, there's something broken in society. Matthew 5 tells us that we are salt of the earth. Think of salt as a preservative, yes? It is a preservative. And you put salt in, in places where normally um, it will decay in no time, right? If a mound of salt were here and a, and a fish that is decaying were right beside it, six inches apart, will, this, will, will the fish arrest decay? No. What needs to happen? The salt needs to be in there. You need to be in there. If you are salt of the earth, it, it, it's, it's, kind, it's, it's become kind of a nebulous thing. I am a salt of the earth. How does, how does that practically work out? Uh, I don't know. Here's how. You need to be in society, in, communi- in community, in relationship with other people. How does this look like? Do you know friends who are unbelieving? They do not know the saving knowledge of Jesus. Do you know their their, their passions? Do you know their dreams, aspirations, frustrations? Do you know their prayer needs? Everybody has prayer needs. That is how it looks like to be in society, in relationship. And we as Christians, we are called to do this. The pushback that we have against the fallen world is that there's evil. And we are not denying that. The verse prior to Romans 13 verse 1 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is what we're doing. You don't overcome evil in society by not having anything to do with society. You do it by engaging with, working with society. So that's our first point. Christians are to live as an active part of society. Let's read on. Verse eight. Owe oh, no one anything except... To love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Wow, really? That's an Old Testament thing, the law. When you love, you fulfill the law. We'll We'll get back to that in a while. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. We'll talk about love fulfilling the law in a little bit, but here's the point that I want to give to you. Second point, Christians are to demonstrate God's love to society. You don't just be in society, you need to be purposefully aware of what you are called to do. The motive behind it and how you do it. Are you displaying love? Are you displaying mercy? Are you Christ-like in the way that you weren't and they aren't? Romans 13, verse 9. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This did not come only in the New Testament. It was quoted from Leviticus 19, verse 16. Right? It is summarizing the law. It says love uh, your, your neighbor as yourself. Now, everybody of us loves ourselves, right? You know fully well how to love yourself. This is, this is the context of this. Love actually is putting others first rather than yourself. Turning it on its head. The same drivenness that you have to get the things that you, you need because you need it and you love yourself, you need to turn that on its head and, and, and operate in the same drivenness and passion to win the things that other people need. That's why it's framed this way. Love your neighbors as you love yourselves because you know that you know how to love yourself. You love yourself? No. Use that same feeling, use that same motivation to put others first. It's easy for us to think, I love my neighbor, I'm, I'm not like that guy who's grumpy all the time, having a scowl all the time. Yeah? I love my fellow man. This is very, very practical. Who is my neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Okay? Our neighbors are start with actual neighbors. Do you know them? Do we know them? The person beside us, do we know them? Our workmates, our classmates, our business partners, do we know them in a deeper level than superficially? Just bumping uh, into one another on the road, or or saying hello, or just doing the business. We are called for, for so much more than that as Christians. It's great if you pay your bills on time, if you pay the association dues uh, in your village one year in advance. It's, it can be done out of love, but it can't be done to show love. To show love, we need to engage. Can you say engage? We need to engage with people, get in relationship with them. We need to be known by society. We need to be in personal relationship with them and have the reputation that we Christians are great doers of good. That society benefits because of our involvement. This is what we're called to do. And you probably recognize the word debt earlier. Can you say debt? Debt. A debt is something that you need to pay as soon as you can with urgency. Right? And he uses this debt for love. Owe no one nothing except love your neighbor. It's a debt. Who are we indebted to? We're indebted to God. If you're a Christian, and you understand that left to ourselves, we would be dead. If you understand the gospel that God is holy, man is sinful, and Jesus saves, you understand that everything is by grace, everything is gifted by God. We owe everything to God. We are indebted to God. And you as a Christian, you probably had this conversation, God, I'm so thankful for salvation, redemption, blessings in my life, purpose, meaning. Thank you for all these things. Can you tell me? Just give me, give me a way to practically express my love exclusively to you. Then God would have us do through scripture. He's saying, you see that gratitude in your heart? You see the people around you? Serve them motivated by that our gratitude to God, our indebtedness to God are to be channeled to the people around us, starting with our spouses and then our kids and then everybody around us. We are to be people whose lives are marked with love because God had loved us first. Mark 12, verses 30 and 31. Jesus had been quizzed. They're trying to corner him. Which of the Ten Commandments are the greatest? I can't give you one. I need to give you two. He says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, everything you've got is basically it. 31. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, just some participation. Who among you would say that you love the Lord? Right? That's most of us, okay? That's, hopefully, that's all of us. I'm going to have to take your word on that. We are not in a position to point out, Ooh, we, we, Hindi naman not yan. okay? Because we're going to have to take your word on that. But the way that this is written, you know that the, word, the Bible wasn't written in English. The New Testament was written in, in Old Greek. Okay? The scholars would say they studied this. One is dependent on, proves, and evidences the other. this is what This is what it says. There is a way to prove whether or not what you claim to feel for God is really there. Let me... Point you to this. This is the Tau cross. I've been doing some study in, in, in uh, church history. Traditionally, a lot of scholars, an overwhelming majority, would say that this is how the cross would look like. Okay? Um, it's comprised of two things, obviously. It's the vertical beam, called the stipes, okay? and the crossbar, the horizontal beam, or the patibulum. And they're saying that the crucified, the, the condemned criminal, is always scourged. You've seen the Passion of the Christ, scourged, and from that point on, the whole point of this activity okay, is to humiliate this person. They are insurgents. The Roman government is saying, "Don't do what he's doing." Gagawin namin to This is going to happen to you. So they needed to walk with the crossbar along Via Dolorosa, the Way of the Cross, okay, and then they go to this place where they are going to be crucified. And Here's here's what happens. This crossbar would be lifted up and placed on top of this vertical beam. It rests on the vertical beam. You know where I'm going with this. Um, Vertical beam is loving God. Horizontal beam is loving others. Just practical sense. There there might be loopholes in this, but the horizontal beam rests on the vertical beam. It can't float on midair. It can't float. So, if you claim that you love God, which is invisible, and they can't see the horizontal beam, so it gives them permission to think that your claim about loving God, I can't see proof of that. Because if you really love God, you would have love, generally love, an others-oriented compassion to, to your neighbors. Love others, love God. Going back to the law, all of God's law, all of God's commandments are summarized by this word, love. love. You, might, you might have seen something like this. On, the, on your left hand are four the first four commandments and on the, on the right side are the six commandments. This is how it's divided. The four are loving God. They're all about God. You can check it out. And then the last six are loving others, practically. So love is really just following the law. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 Love the Lord your God With all your heart, soul, mind, strength That's the first four verses Leviticus 16 verse 19 Love your neighbor That's the last six So the law is all about love We are in the Philippines And here in the Philippines There are only two seasons Summer, now, and Christmas Okay? In Christmas You're probably going to be hearing Don't be surprised If you're going to be hearing Your first Christmas song in July okay? And Oh Holy Night has this verse You probably know this Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love. There it is. And his gospel is peace. When you read peace in, in, in the New Testament, it basically means reconciliation. Second Corinthians 5 says, we are reconciled to God so that we can be reconciled to other people. We are called to be ministers of reconciliation. We are called to be uh, ambassadors for Jesus Christ. So going back to the law, in other words, God's law, are God's guidelines to love other people. Timothy Keller, one of the pastors that I follow, the podcasts and the books of whom, um, say that these aren't guidelines, these are love lines. Guidelines to love one another. The thing is, we are prone to do the opposite of this. We love ourselves. That's self-centeredness, that's sinfulness. So the love of self is the opposite of love to others. You just turn it on its head. Think about it this way. What we know how to feel so much all our lives before becoming Christian, we need to turn it on its head. Love is the reversal of these feelings. So sin, whenever you sin, whenever you put yourself first, it's really more than a a disobedience of the laws of a just God. It is a failure to love. A sin is a failure to love. John 3.16, you know that God so loved us that He sent... His son, 1 John 3.16, shows us a clear picture of it. And I'm grateful to the Lord that he gave us this picture of what love is. By this, we know love. And the NIV says, this is how we know what love is. That Jesus laid down his life for us. So, in response, we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. This is how love is. As non-believers, we, we know of love, celos, inget, jealousy, you're supposed to be mine. Uh, envy, I'm supposed to, ha- to have this thing first before this guy. But it's all self-centered. You turn that on its head. True love is outgoing, others-oriented. This is how we are to love. We are to lay our lives for our brothers. Jesus, he, he leveraged all that he had to have us. He gave all his life. This should motivate us by leveraging what we have, our resources, our time to love other people, considering um, their needs greater than ours, which is what Philippians 2 verse 3 says. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Ask you a question, do you live in something like this? I'm not asking the question if you live in a castle or a house that's as big as that. But in the spirit, are you living in something like that? A castle has its flags raised, its banners are clear, but it has a moat around it. Okay? Some Christians live this way. Your banner is clear, the neighbors know that you are a Christian, but they don't see you. They don't remember any initiation from you. It's like you don't want to be bothered. Don't bother knocking. Bakam masigawa kanyan. Don't bother knocking. It's like he doesn't want to be interrupted. If we live in something like this, we need to repent. We are Christians who need to initiate in our neighborhood. We are salt of the earth. We are light of the world. We always ask when, when we, the pastoral team, meet, um, how can we be socially relevant where we are? God has entrusted us to be in Festival Mall in a cash hotel. If we, for some reason, of by God's sovereignty, we are to be taken out of Festival Mall, will we be missed? Okay, so that's how we, how we plan what, what we do, how we go about doing church um, in, in Festival Mall. Let me bring that question to your doorstep. If you, by God's sovereign will, takes you and re- relocates you to another place, will you be missed? You, you don't know my neighbor My, my neighbor's crazy okay? He always has a scowl on his face She always, she always has a, a front That you don't talk to me I'm gonna This is magical Have you heard of food? Food Food is magical okay? What we did So many My birthday my, my wife's birthday Christmas Halloween Whatever Just bring food Have a smile on your face On a plate That is great It's beautiful And you're willing to have, Not have it back Hey, okay? And, meron po cake. <laughs> then then we, we start becoming best friends, right? We, this is why Jesus said in Revelation, I'm knocking at the door of your heart because I want to dine with you. What he's really saying is I want to have intimacy with you. Have you ever had this feeling in our culture? Uh, you haven't known this person, haven't seen him for a long, uh, at all. Then you share a meal, 30 minutes. Then when you leave there, you're like best friends forever. That's the magic of food. We need to resource what we have, our time, our budget, to what Luke 16 says, win friends for God. Are we doing something like this? Um, we have a, a victory group leader. His name is Efren Hamandre. He has a wife, Sevi Hamandre. You might, you might know him. Um, let me encourage you with this um, with this story. He is man, he's so involved in community. Okay? He is... Uh, the head of the maintenance and improvement group of his homeowners association. I mean, he... Uh, if you have weeds to, 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 you have to, to pull out, you call him. Uh, if he, he ensures that the signs on the road within the subdivision is quite small, and the speed bumps are, are of the right angle, and, and the garbage gets collected well on time. He oversees park maintenance, and if you have any needs for your home, plumbing, electricity, he's the guy to call. He'll ensure that the, that the right guy will come to you. He is, he is key... He is so involved. If, by God's grace, he gets relocated elsewhere, maybe in the States or somewhere, he will be so missed. He, do you see this? He will be so missed. Some people who might not, disagree, might not agree with his, his stand might say, you know what? But I don't agree with his Christianity thing. He's too, too devout. But I don't know if there is a God. That guy knows him because what he's doing, it's not natural. I have so much respect for him because he is so involved. And he attends Homeowners Association Christmas parties, Halloween parties. And he attends all of them. You don't become non-Christian. You don't lose your salvation if you attend a Halloween party. If you go bring your kids to trick-or-treat. If this were their homeowners, they'd be smack right in the middle of them being loved by society. This is the picture that God is wanting for us to have. Are we smack right in the middle of society? God loves them so much. You want proof? He put you, Christian, smack right in the middle of them as an ambassador for Christ, a minister of reconciliation. I'm appealing to you. If you are Christian, we need to get more involved in society, gloriously positive towards society. But here, here, here is the thing. We tend to forget. We need motivation daily. Say daily. We need, have you seen Fifty First Dates? 51st dates. for some reason this, this girl has uh, has uh, an illness when she wakes up she forgets and she needs to push in a betamax and hey i'm your husband and we went to this and we went to this diba? that scratch you got it from this so when she comes out ah, i remember now we tend to forget let, let me just know let me just talk about my, myself whenever i i wake up my tendency is to focus on me if for some reason I overslept because we watched a series last night, what I get is very, very grumpy. I drive like it's a video game. I get, I got hot-headed all the time. You know? And my wife would ask me the question that is the mother of all questions. So what did you read today? You know that I didn't read. That's why I'm driving like this. Right? And th- that's Why? I woke up and didn't take the focus from me. For some reason, I wake up with this focus in me. I need to have to rehearse the gospel story. I need to fix my eyes on Jesus, like the author of Hebrews would say. You know why he says fix your eyes on Jesus? Because we have the tendency, the propensity to take our eyes off of Jesus daily. So we need to read the our scriptures. What I do is I have a phone, and it's a polyphonic phone, and my alarm is something that plays... Uh, songs. It's a Christian song. I pick it. Okay? So when I, when, I, when I wake up and it just continues playing, and I sing that song the, the, the whole morning, Hey, okay? but God, rich and mercy made a way. It rehearses. It, it does it for me. If it works for you, maybe it's something that you might want to try. Here's another thing that is foolproof. Start your day. Anytime your, your, your day starts, you might be going on a night shift. Start your day with the Word of God. Because when you're in the Word, uh, it'll convince you that it's not about you. It's about others. You need to be a channel for the love of God to them. So that's my second point. Demonstrate God's love to society. And my third point is this. Um, Let me read it for you. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now when we first believed. Verse 12, the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. Verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Last point is this. Christians are not to conform to society. There are two pitfalls that we need to be aware of. We tend to separate ourselves, enclave ourselves from them. Okay? The second The second thing that we need to avoid is to identify with them in their deeds, in their sinful deeds. We need to keep our identity as Christians. We can love them and serve them still in obedience to God. So we don't alienate ourselves being indifferent to them, but we do not conform to their lives as well. Romans 12 verse 2, you know this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we know this, you heard about the night and the day. If you are a Christian, you need to understand that you are a citizen of two countries. First country is the Philippines, and the second, Philippians 3 verse 20 says, we are citizens of heaven, okay? The Philippines is temporal, it will pass. Heaven had already started, okay? And it will go on forever. Revelation 11 verse 15 says, The kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord. Until that time, we need to be citizens of heaven, manifesting itself by being good citizens of the Philippines, being good active members of society. You know how it is to be a morning person and an evening person? I'm a night person. When I, when I was a student, I'm sharper when I study around 1 a.m. But let me use this analogy When it comes to living in this fallen world, there's burdens to living in a broken world. We need to be mourning people, mourning persons. We need to look to Jesus coming one day. You do not engage in what the city is is engaging in sin because there is a God and there is a judgment that will call all of these things to judgment because you have fear and love for the Lord. Lastly, Romans 13 verse 14. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's a picture. Think of you wearing a tuxedo or a formal wear or a long dress or a gown for women. Right? You are, it affects your behavior, doesn't it? It affects it when you're wearing something na kagalang-galang ka. Right? You're dressed for an occasion that is marked by dignity and formality and you behave accordingly. When you forget that, you tend to act in a way that is funny, that's inappropriate. Right? You might run in your, you might run in your formal wear. You're gonna wreck your clothes. You might swim in it. You might. These are things that Christians are prone to do. That the world are expecting for us to do because they're waiting for us to trip and mess up. They're wanting to see what's so what's so different about them. They're just like us. When you commit sin with them, when you compromise, when you do as they do, you lose your influence. Influence is what marks our our lives. This influence goes down the drain the moment that you become a bum at work. When you become a bum at work, when people are starting to compensate because you're not doing your job, you lose that influence. You need to be an excellent worker. You need to be an excellent student. When they see that you are doing that and you are given the opportunity to say, why are you this excellent? I, I, I work because uh, of the excellencies of a God who has called me from darkness into his marvelous light. You are given an, an opportunity to share the hope that you have then it's a perfect opportunity to share the gospel. Lastly, Romans 6, verse 11, then we'll pray. Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is who you are. Act like it. Just know that you are having Jesus on. Behave accordingly. Act accordingly. It should affect your behavior in front of a watching world. If These are our three points. Active part of society. Demonstrate God's love in society, we do not conform to society, especially when it comes to sin. My main point is this. Christians are to do good, to live good, and do good in full view of society. Can I ask you to stand on your feet as we pray? I want to pray for two groups of people. If you are here and you are saying, I am not involved in society, and by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is putting a finger on this area in your life, you need to be more involved. And an idol had been identified, that is your comfort and your convenience. And if you are here and you're you're saying, I'm involved in society, I'm actively involved in society, but my life is not any different from theirs. I am not salt, I am not light, because I am living like them. If you are any of these two groups of people, could you, in humility before the Lord, lift up your hands across this place? I want to pray for you. It's before the Lord. God, you see the hands of my friends. Thank you for the humility that you've given in their lives. Um, I pray that at this moment, you would give them the courage to repent and be sorrowful for these things, falling short of what you have called for them to do. God, would you continue your sanctifying work in their lives, calling them out from their sins, calling them up to be men and women of God in society. I pray that you would give them ideas right now on how to be involved in society. What can they do? Maybe before the day is over, there's someone that they can talk to to just get this thing going. And people who are engaging in sin, I pray that you would give them such a remorse for their sin that you can't play it both ways they want to be through and through a son or daughter of God I pray that you would give them conviction give them the ability the faith to repent of their sins because grace forgiveness is freely given you may put down your hands if you're here and this is your first time here might not be your first time let me tell you that there is Jesus who came into society he came to be an active part of society he came to show God's love in society, but he did, did not conform with society because his mission was to live the life that we could not live. The things that we have been failures at, he need to be victorious so that he can pay for our sins and become our Savior. If you are here and you are wanting a personal relationship with God through Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity right now. At the count of three, I want you to lift up your hands. One, two... And three, lift up your hand if you want to receive Jesus in your life. Thank you for that hand, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. If you are here, would you say this from your heart as if these were your own words? Lord Jesus, I come to you, a sinner needing a savior. Lord, I am sorry for my sins. Lord, I pray that you would give me grace to turn my life around and by your grace, I receive the gift of salvation today, eternal life, as only you can give it. Give me grace and boldness to live the rest of my life under your Lordship. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Could you give the Lord a hand for the people who have received We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victoria Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.